Welcome to the Create and Thrive Summer Series, where I share the highlights from the show from 2018. I hope you enjoy this episode, but if you're a long-time listener and you've heard it before, why not check out my brand new podcast, The Business of Making, that I host with Deb Engelmeyer and Michaela Danvers. Every week, we get together for a chat about what it takes to really run a successful handmade business. Just get over to thebusinessofmaking.com and check it out right now. We've got a new episode landing every single week for the foreseeable future. So I hope you enjoy that one as well. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full time in 2010. And since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers just like you create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. Hello, hello, lovely listener. It's Jess here and welcome to our summer series. But before we talk about that, I have some news that I want to let you know about in case you don't know yet. So I have two exciting things coming up for you in January. Yes, I'm already talking about January because I know that your brain is probably full of stuff to do with work right now you've probably got orders coming out your ears you've got christmas preparations happening and frankly nothing else is going to get done until january right (laughs) so come january it is time to start thinking about the new year 2019 and i have two opportunities for you to do just that starting on january 1st i'm running look back move forward my free mini course to help you review the year just gone Because after all, how can you make sure you're still going where you want to go if you don't know where you've been? So we're going to take five days and over those five days, I'm going to guide you through a series of 10 questions that will help you get a crystal clear picture of what worked and what didn't work this year. If you've been around for a while, you may recall that I did this last year. And even if you did it last year, I hope you come and join me for it again, because Doing a yearly review where you actually take the time to look back on your year is incredibly powerful. And that is totally free. So all you need to do is head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash LBMF for look back, move forward. So that's createandthrive.com forward slash LBMF. F, pop your email in and you will get access to that when the free mini course goes out as of January 1st. And if that just whets your appetite for business planning, I've got your back because I'm again going to be running the Handmade Business Bootcamp come the second week in January. So that is going to be awesome fun. It's a 21 day course. You get a lesson every day and I take you through the fundamentals of what you need to do to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success in 2019. And that is available via the Thriver Circle. So if you are already a member of the Thriver Circle, sit back and relax, man, because you are covered. You're going to be able to access that course come January. If you're not already a member, you can join any time between now and then and get access to that three-week course, intensive course, that'll really help you get clear on your marketing, your planning, and what you want to get out of 2019 when it comes to your business. 
And of course, it's very affordable because it's one month of membership to the Thriver Circle, which is 29 Australian dollars. So that's a really good way to kickstart the year with these two little courses that are going to set you up for success in 2019. And you can check out the Handmade Business Bootcamp over at the Thriver Circle site as well if you want to know more about that. And that's thrivercircle.com. Okay, so we're going to dive in to this one. Um, As I said at the little intro, this is the summer series. And the reason I do this is to kind of give myself a little break because I do release an episode every single week, (laughs) all year. Uh, So I have a little break off around this time, of course, down here in Australia. It is beautiful summer and uh, I'm having a little sabbatical this week as well. So some time offline before I jump back in and really hit the ground running at the beginning of December because I work full time right through December into January. I really don't have a holiday. So I'm looking forward to my little week long sabbatical at the beach. I'm going to swim a lot. I'm going to walk a lot. And I plan on eating a lot at some lovely brunch cafes. (laughs) That is, oh, and reading. That's pretty the sum total of my planning. I just want to have a nice relaxing time and enjoy a little break. So the summer series is a chance for you to review the uh, highlights of the show from this year. So I've handpicked what I think are some of the highlights, uh, the episodes that I've really enjoyed and that I've had really amazing feedback from from you guys. So today's episode is my friend Chris Gillibo and we're talking side hustle and how to have a successful one. Enjoy. I'll be back again next week with another highlight episode from 2018. Hey Chris, welcome to the show. Hey Jess, thanks so much for having me. It's awesome to have you on the show. I'm really, really excited to talk to you today. I've been uh, reading your books for a long time and I know you have a lot of wisdom to share with everybody. Now, I wanted to start with something that we have in common, and that is the absolute desire for freedom in our lives. <laughs> That's one of my, right. yeah, one of my main motivators is freedom and having as much freedom. And I know that uh, you have kind of used this as your motivator for, well, probably your whole life, if not your whole adult life, and that you basically you call yourself unemployable these days. So, mm-hmm. what what do you what does that mean to you to be unemployable? Yeah. Right. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for, for having me on the show, and it's great to talk with you and your wonderful listeners. Uh, unemployable, yeah, I think it wasn't just my adult life. I mean, it's pretty much kind of my childhood also. It was like, you know, reaching or aspiring for freedom, and that was always like a a goal or a value that I held very dear. And, you know, over time, I kind of, as I, as I grew up, I realized, okay, I have to make a living at some point. And I, <laughs> I did a series of random jobs, you know, when I was a teenager. Um, but I I, the thing is, I really like to work. Like, I actually, even even as a as a teenager, as a kid, I actually liked to start projects, and I enjoyed like putting things together and envisioning something. But I didn't like doing work that seemed to have no purpose or something that I just didn't care about. So it was mm-hmm. like this thing where, you know, I would give 110 percent to something that I believed in, but I would give 20 percent to something <laughs> I didn't believe in. So if you're like that, you have to find a way to construct your life around things that you believe in and things that you know, hopefully have value to other people as well. But, you know, that that's the thing. I think you shouldn't just try harder. You, know, you shouldn't just try to like, oh, let me go from 20% to 30%. Mm. You know, let me try, let me just try to suck it up and be you know, like mediocre or something. So I think, you know, when I discovered, you know, the world of micro entrepreneurship, which I didn't really think about at the time, I didn't call it that, you know, it was just like, how can I 
find a way to make a living for myself. Once I discovered that at pretty much age 20, it was like no going back. You know, it's hard. Like once you have that taste of freedom or independence mm. or whatever it is that you long for, it's, it's really hard to, to go back to something else. You know, if you don't know what it is, then that's fine. But once you figure out there is this whole other world out there and it's attractive to you, uh, then you, you want to do everything you can to, to keep it. Absolutely, and I, I'm, I'm totally stealing that. I am t- I am too unemployable. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea of you know going back and working for someone else on, with someone else's idea of what is good uh, is kind of terrifying. Mm-hmm. I like to do the work that means something to me and that hopefully helps other people in the world as well. And speaking of, of day jobs, and we're going to get a bit more into this, but what do you think of this idea for people who want to start a new thing, who want to explore their own business or a side hustle or whatever it might be, the idea that they should just throw in the day job, leap into the unknown and, you know, see what happens? <laughs> right, right. You know, here's what I think. I think if you're 20 years old, that's a great idea. If you're 20, if you're 20, if you're 21, I mean, the, the point is like the stakes are low when you're young. Like if your job sucks and, and you're 22 and you don't have a family, you don't have a mortgage, well, you should just leave your job, right? Because mm-hmm. what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You know, you can probably get another job at some point, you know, if your, your business doesn't work out. So a lot of people are not in that situation. You know, a lot of people do have responsibilities. They've, they've got bills to pay. They do have mortgages or families or, or whatever else. And so to kind of tell those people like, oh, you should just leap and the net will appear. Mm. You know, I think that's, that's almost, it's almost offensive. And we, and we actually hear that a lot, I think, in the culture these days, like everyone should be an entrepreneur and everyone needs to embrace this. And you got to take a risk and you got to trust that, you know, there's something going to be there for you on the other side. You know, I just, I, I feel like it's almost kind of shaming people mm. who have jobs. Maybe they actually like jobs, you know, like maybe they actually are working for the right company or the right organization or, Maybe it's it's a season in their life, and for mm. this season, they're doing what they need to do, and eventually they're going to you know transition to something else. But I guess what I'm trying to help people with, and why I've, I've kind of shifted my whole focus with this you know side hustle school and the side hustle book, is to help those people to help them you know cre- create a bit more freedom in their life, so that they have more options that they can do more of what's important to them. And if that you know eventually involves them taking a leap, then that's great. But then they've actually taken the time to construct a net. So they're not mm. just like leaping out into the unknown. I think it's actually you know, really important to build security for yourself before you do that, especially, as I said, if you're older, if you have responsibility, uh, or if you're worried. And it's totally natural to be worried. Yeah, definitely. And I see this a lot in my community, people who have this dream, they want to do a handmade business full time, which is doable. Mm. However, it takes a lot of time to build that up. And they feel guilty if they have to keep the job, you know, keep the day job or whatever. And I think that's not a great thing because, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with keeping the day job because you have those responsibilities and slowly building this business on the side. And it might even be just a side thing, you know, it might be something you do extra. It doesn't necessarily have to be everything. Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is like that, that day job or whatever that support structure is, that's going to allow you to, to experiment. It's going to allow mm. you to go down different paths and try different things. It's, it's, very, it's very normal in the handmade you know, business or industry or whatever to, to try different things. And it takes some time. It's not always the first thing you do that kind of sticks or is profitable. Mm. And that's normal. But if, you're, but if you quit your job, then you almost have this like fear-based inspiration. Mm. You know, you're just, you're, you're kind of desperate because like everything is riding on this. So wouldn't it be nice to actually just feel safe and secure and still be able to experiment, still be able to try different, different stuff without this thing like hanging over your head. 
you know, and that's what I think, that's why I think the side hustle method or the whole like process can be so powerful because you don't have to, to worry about all that stuff. You can experiment and then yes, if it takes off then of course, then you can transition, but you don't, you don't have to do that before it happens. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about this, because I think that is a really helpful concept for people, this idea that, hey, I can just think of this as a side hustle for now, even if one day I might want to take it full time, but it kind of yep. takes the pressure off a little bit. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's, and this, it's totally great to make to, you know, $500 a month on the side, you know, that's or $1,000 a mm-hmm. month. Like, that's wonderful. Like, it, for your listeners, if there are listeners, you know, who haven't had that experience yet, I mean, th- the first time you do that, it's going to feel really great. Like the first time you get your Etsy sale or the first time you get whatever it is, like, I mean, you probably remember Jess, right? Like I, what it feels I like. I totally do. That's why I laugh. Strangers like, on yeah. the internet are giving me money. You know? That's crazy, right? And it's so phenomenal. it's actually a, a really, really good thing, you know, to just get started and to, you know, if, if, it just, if it's just a side thing, that's fine. It's still beautiful. There's a lot of value in that too. There's a lot of confidence that comes from doing that. Yeah. And it allows you to, you know explore a different part of yourself especially you know mm-hmm. say you have a, a yep. what you might call it boring day job but you want to explore right. this creativity and share it with the world and that's a way to do it so mm-hmm. speaking of side hustles can you tell us a little bit about your first mm-hmm. side hustle i love this story oh yeah yeah i mean i kind of stumbled on my first you know side hustle because i was 19 or 20 and and um you know the internet had been around for a while but this new website called ebay.com had just come out <laughs> and this is literally 20 years ago and uh, at the time, I was living in the States in Memphis, Tennessee, which is not the greatest place to, to live. No offense to anybody who's from Memphis. <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of had this just rough year, basically. And at the time, I was working the last job I ever did, which was at FedEx, at the main FedEx like distribution center. And I was carrying boxes and like putting boxes on the truck in the middle of the night. Like I worked this four hour shift from like, I don't know, 11 PM to 3 AM or something. And then in the morning I'd go to school. I was going to grad school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, what wasn't the greatest job, like it was paying $8 an hour, but you know, that's what you have to do when you're a student, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So this new website, eBay, I was like, Oh, maybe I can sell some, something on it, you know? So I like, I look around my apartment and I see like some video games I haven't played for a while, see some books, you know, that I don't need anymore. And I listed those on eBay, not knowing anything, like not knowing the first thing about copywriting, about HTML, about like taking photos, like, you know, nothing basically. <laughs> and then I, like, I put them online and like it was like a five-day auction or something. And five days later, these things sell. And I realized I had made something like $14 an hour doing that. And I was like, wow, okay, you know, <laughs> this, this terrible job in the middle of the night where like, my go home and my back hurts and like the guy's like yelling at me all the the time because I'm like not doing it in the right way. (laughs) Um, And then I'm tired in the morning because I've been working till three and so Mm -hmm. on. Or the first time I try this thing, I can, you know, almost make twice as much. If I actually learn a little bit about this, you know, then I can probably do better. And it's not just about making more money, although I did, of course, but it's, it was also like the creativity of it. Like you mentioned, Mm. it was like, wow, I have ownership over this. Like, this is actually really fun. Like there's this element, this element of the unknown. Um, But I can see, like I can list my items up and people are bidding on them and these are real people and I have to figure out how do I go to the post office and mail this out (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. Like, how do I open a bank account, you know, for my business? It was just, it was so much fun. So it's, it's like I said before, it's like, once you have that experience, it's really hard to, to go back, you know? So Mm. from there, I kind of learned to do a lot of different things, but that was the, that was the genesis of it. And I I still really, I remember it, you know, fondly uh, all these years later. 
I love that you say fun because I think business can actually be fun. Like I find it fun and enjoyable and motivating, like figuring all this stuff out. Speaking of that, like, do you think everyone is capable of starting a business or a side hustle or are some people just kind of more suited personality wise or interest wise than other people? Yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that, that fun thing because I think this, this also relates to like this concept of passion. I feel like people mm. are always like, do you have to be passionate about your side hustle? I mean, I, I don't know if I was passionate about like selling the video games or if I was passionate about like, it was more like the process that was mm. exciting. Like that was like learning about how to do this. And so I think you don't necessarily have to pick like the topic or the, the content or whatever that you are the most passionate about. You can, you can also just be excited about learning how to, how to do this. Um, so I think that's important to note because people often feel like you have to do this you know, thing that you love or whatever. I think it's important to look forward to, to whatever you're doing, but it doesn't have to be the thing that you love more than anything else. So as to whether it, everyone's capable, I mean, I think uh, first let's say not everybody wants to do this and mm-hmm. that's fine. Like, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not out there trying to tell every person on the street, like, this is what you need to do. So I'm much more of a recruiter. I'm much more like, hey, here's my message. And, you know, if, if, if the shoe fits, wear it, right? Yep. So, you know, I, I do think, you know, this is good for just about everyone. I do think it's important to have more than one source of income, to not depend on one corporation or whatever it is, you know, for, for your entire well-being. So I think it's wise, um, but, you know, not everyone wants that, and that's fine. So, so let's say you do want it. Um, then I would say, yes, I do think everyone's capable of doing something, mm. you know, and as for whether some people are more suited to it than others, well, maybe, but I don't think that's like an innate thing. I think mm. it's because of how they've been socialized and how they have been encouraged or discouraged to take risks or to try different things uh, or to explore their curiosity. And so if you're starting with a disadvantage there, um, then technically speaking, you may be less capable than someone else, but these are things that can be overcome. You know, you can teach yeah. people you can teach people how to explore their creativity. You can teach them, you know, how to develop the skill of observation. You can kind of help them reduce risk and, and mm-hmm. show them that maybe a lot of the risk that they're imagining is just perceived. And so if you can remove some of those barriers, then I, then I think it gets, it gets much easier. So I do think everybody's capable, capable of it in one way or another. I love that, that perception that, you know, maybe you just haven't, haven't grown up in an environment that valued an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit, right. but it's something yep. that you can learn. And in, in your book, Side Hustle, you mention the key quality of resourcefulness, you know, mm-hmm. n- being able to figure stuff out as something that yeah. a successful entrepreneur needs to cultivate. Are there other qualities that you could highlight that someone who wants to do this should be cultivating? Yeah, so when I say resourcefulness, um, I think you, you nailed it pretty well, which is like the ability to figure things out or the, the ability to decode a process. And, and that's what I was doing when I was first doing that online auction stuff. Like, you know, the thing with selling stuff from around my apartment is eventually I ran out of stuff to sell. You know, like I didn't have mm-hmm. any more video games. Like I'd already sold them all. So I had to figure, okay, what's next? And I, I just started paying attention to the auctions that were closing. And the interesting thing about the, like, the auction model is all the information is public. Like you can see how many bids there are, you can see what the closing price is. And, mm. and so you can learn a lot from that. And, and one of the things that I noticed was that, that there was a certain kind of gourmet coffee uh, from Jamaica that was selling at this really high price consistently. And I kind of learned to decode that process. I was like, I wonder where that comes from. Like there's a distributor somewhere, there's a wholesaler somewhere, you know, surely there's a way that I can, you know, so I kind of eventually find that that company <laughs> purchase it from them then I, I start being one of those resellers so I think that's the quality of just being able to decode and again it wasn't like you know coffee was the thing I was most passionate about mm. you know in my life so 
It's just the process of it. So resourcefulness, um, let's say also curiosity, Mm -hmm. which we just talked about a bit, like the willingness to ask questions. I think it's always good to ask why. Like you should ask why about just about everything in your life. If you do that for a couple of days, you're going to learn a lot, you know. (laughs) You're going to learn a lot about yourself. You know, some of it may be uncomfortable, right? You may like realize like I'm actually doing things for no good reason, basically. Mm. I'm doing them because... I'm doing them because this is how I do it. Yeah. Okay, I'm doing this because this is how I did it yesterday, you know, and so on. Um, But just if you apply this to to business or to arts and crafts or to making something to sell, you know, just being willing to explore your curiosity. And so that's maybe the the third point is like resourcefulness, curiosity, and then, okay, what do you do about that? Mm -hmm. Because you can be resourceful and not do anything. You can be curious and acquire all this knowledge but if you don't actually then, you know, take the step, whatever it is, if you don't actually take action, if you, you kind of hold yourself back because of fear or inhibition or mm-hmm. whatever the obstacle is, then you're really not going to get anywhere. You know, like <laughs> ideas have no, no value on their own. So I would say like the willingness to, to step out, like the willingness to take action and to see what happens uh, even when there are no guarantees, which, of course, there, there never are. So being curious and, and taking action. I love that. Um, speaking of taking action, like some people – like for me, when I felt, I kind of call myself an accidental entrepreneur. My jewelry business was a side hustle. I had a full time job I liked. It was really good. I just started this thing because it was fun and it made a bit of money and I was learning, you know. And I kind of, it accidentally turned into a full time thing <laughs> through circumstance, yeah. which was, you know, in hindsight, the best thing that could have possibly happened. But I don't know because I'd, be, I'd been brought up in this mentality of having a job that's safe, right? That's what you do. But now that I've been self-employed for eight years or whatever it is, the idea of going back and relying on someone else to give me money, you know, is really actually terrifying to me. I I feel way more secure now because I know that I can make a living, I can figure it out, and I can start something else if I need to. Do you think a lot of people – and I know uh, I'm just going to put a pin in the thing that I know in the States, Mm -hmm. you know, you guys have health insurance and some issues around having a job that might make this a little bit more difficult. But the idea that having a job is safer – than running a business. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the thing about the health insurance, that even though it is an issue in the States, I mean, ultimately, you can just buy your own policy, essentially. Right. So you just have to kind of factor that in when you do your budget. What do I need to live on if I'm not, you know, taking these benefits from a company? Okay, well, then I, may, I might need, here's my budget, and I need to add $400 a month to it to pay for my health insurance. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to the, to the main point, so in other mm-hmm. words, that's, that shouldn't be an obstacle, you know, right. or shouldn't be an insurmountable obstacle, let's say. Um, but as to the main point, like, I completely agree. I think it's uh, Jonathan Fields, who's a good friend of mine. Mm. He has this phrase that I, I think I stole this from him, which is like, you know, your, your, your competence is your security, right? Mm. Like your, your oh, skill, yeah. like your wisdom, your competence, that's your security. And you can apply that in lots of different ways, right? You know, mm. you, know you probably could go back into the, the job market and, and succeed, you know, were it not for the fact that you're unemployable. But I mean, the point is... <laughs> Like, you know, lots of people can succeed in, in jobs, but are you dependent on a company or are you dependent on yourself? Like you understand that, you know, your skills are valuable. And if that job changes, you've got something else you can do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's about like just believing in yourself. And like, I think it also comes about through, through doing these things, you know, like as you, as mm-hmm. you start your first project, you know, then you, you get confidence to start something else and, and like confidence or experience produces confidence. Basically, the more experience you have, the more confident you become. Yes. And I saw that in my life in lots of different ways and not even just like entrepreneurship, but I had this project of going to every country in the world. It took me like 11 years and I was you know, running side hustles the whole time to like pay for it. 
And in the beginning, you know, I like I was I was nervous. I was worried about all kinds of stuff, you know, <laughs> and I was like oh, an over planner, basically. Yep. <laughs> but I, I, I almost um, it's, what's kind of funny is I, I almost made more mistakes uh, in like the final third of that quest than I did in the first two thirds um, in terms of like, you know, booking the wrong plane ticket or not getting my visa sorted out or whatever. I think it's because like over time I just became more confident yeah. and I just, I stopped triple checking everything, which is probably not great. But the point is like <laughs> I, I, uh, over time I'm like, you know what, I can do this. I can do this. And so for everybody listening, it's like, okay, you're not going to go to every country in the world perhaps, but you know, the, the, as you go down your journey, your path, like that's why you need to have some small successes because the small success mm. will lead to something something else and then you never really know what's what the ultimate outcome is going to be but if you don't take that first step then you really will never know yeah absolutely now i know through all of your books and your online courses and work and the world domination summit you know you've worked and talked to thousands of people with businesses over the years um what are some of the major obstacles we've obviously just covered not getting started and being a perfectionist perhaps um that get in the way of people achieving this and setting up a successful business well, I think a lot of people have just been told things that are wrong. I think a lot of people have <laughs> just, just been told that they have this assumption that you need capital, you need money to start mm. your business, and you need investors. Or if you don't need investors, well, you need to like put a lot of money on your credit card, you know, or mm. you need to like borrow, beg, beg your family for money or something. So that, there's that perception. Um, there's a perception, you know, that you're just not cut out for it. You know, the perception that uh, oh, it has to be really complicated. Um, I think it's, you know, or I don't know what to do next, maybe. Maybe you're like an ideas person. Mm -hmm. And if you're an ideas person, then you have lots of ideas, but you you struggle with implementing those ideas and and, and making them happen. So I think those are are probably the main reasons, you know, where I'm I'm worried I'm going to fail. I'm worried I'm going to succeed. Yeah. Right? Like, what does it look like (laughs) if I actually do this? You know, my life is going to be different. It's kind of like asking why. You know, if you ask why, you know, enough, you might realize you have to make some changes, or at Mm -hmm. least you either have to make some changes or accept, you know, that that's that's what your life is like. And so, you know, same kind of thing there. I think once you remove the obstacles, then it's like, okay, do you really want this? You know, and if so, what's holding you back? Uh, or do you just need, want to accept that, you know, this is not actually part of your life? Like those are the only two options at that point. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to touch on something that I, I, I did see again inside Hustle, but I remember I saw you at a conference years ago and you talked about this and it stuck with me ever since. That this idea that when we're trying to, um, I guess, invite people to buy from us that you should always talk about the benefits of a product before the features and a lot of people get this wrong they kind of go my thing yep. is this size and it does this and right, right, right. <laughs> but, but rather than saying this is how it's going to change your life yeah well i mean in fact i think it kind of you, you just you just put it very well there i mean if you if you like take a step back from your baby right because it's your baby like i made this thing i love it you know etc <laughs> just think of yourself as like you're a stranger you're out there like browsing and looking at a hundred different things you know do you really care about all those all those all those little details or do you care about like just what you said how's it going to change my life you know how's it going to make me feel mm-hmm. like what will be different about my life when i exchange money for this item or for this service i think I think that is that is far more critical than the features, and the features kind of then kind of back that up. Like the features are for like, okay, once you're interested, now I want to know more. But if you if you reverse it, it's very hard to to be successful. I mean, the story of Apple, like the Apple computer company, mm-hmm. they are you know everybody always says Apple has this you know amazing branding, and like you know Steve Jobs was a master at that, and, and he was, but it took some time for him to get to be that. Like he was initially fired from Apple because he did a bad job, <laughs> and like he launched a computer. I think the computer's name was Lisa. And if you haven't heard of it, it's because it was a huge flop, basically. (laughs) 
And when he launched that computer, he took out like an eight-page ad in the New York Times and like the whole ad was all about features. It's like, here's why this computer is amazing and it has so many gigahertz and blah, 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 blah. Like, and who cares? Nobody right? knows what that you know? means. <laughs> right. But now you like fast forward and like he comes back to Apple like years later and he creates this campaign that's, what, that's called Think Different. Two yeah. words, you know. So very different between features and, and benefits. And maybe one, one final point on that is um, it, when you think about, okay, what are the benefits? I think you should think about emotional needs. Mm. You should think about what emotional need does this purchase meet for someone? And I think that's when you start getting into some much deeper kind of stuff, a much deeper connection with your customer. Uh, and maybe if it's, if it's something handcrafted, is it nostalgia? Mm. Is, it, uh, is it ownership? Is it pride? Is it, um, I don't know, it could be all kinds of things. Affirmation, you know, security, mm-hmm. uh, sense of belonging or identity, like stuff like that. I think that's what you think about. And if you can message, you know, toward those needs, which doesn't mean you have to use those exact words, you just think about those concepts, I, I think you're going to be much more successful than if you just list like here are the eight features of my product. Mm. And I'm a firm believer that we buy on emotion, not logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much yep. as we like to think we buy on logic. <laughs> well, so almost, we, almost every purchase, I think, is emotion unless yeah. it's a commodity. You know, like you go to the store, you buy milk. That's, that's a commodity. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, just about everything is on, on emotion. Yeah, for sure. And I like to think about it this way. Like whenever you you know, sell something to someone, when they give you money, they're actually giving you a little tiny bit of their life because they've had to spend time mm-hmm. to buy that money. So that concept of that emotional level of, of exchange, I think, can be really powerful yep. as well. Yeah, uh, it's trust. It's a lot of yes. trust, you know. Even if it's a small amount of money, it's a lot of trust. And, and there, there's so much there. And, like, you know, you have the potential, obviously, to serve that person for, for years to come. So, I mean, that, that's why I think low-priced low price products can also be interesting because, you know, sometimes you can bring people in and, like, you actually have a relationship with them and you never know what's going what's gonna to happen, you know, 10 years from now. Mm, absolutely. So you have been through a lot of businesses and side hustles to this point in your life, and I have no doubt there are going to be many more. What's been some of the most rewarding parts of your own business journey up to now? I mean, just I feel so fortunate. I, I, I mean, I know you feel this way too. Like, like you and I, we both have communities of people like all over the world that, that for some reason actually care about what we have to say, what we make. And, and yeah. I, I, I honestly, like just about every single day, I've been doing this for 10 years. I, I mean, I can, I can honestly say that every, almost every day I'm kind of like is this real? Yes. You know, it's kind of like when I sold things on eBay. Is this is this is this money from PayPal actually real? Like, can I really deposit this in my bank account? So, I I genuinely feel like like I've had some personal struggles. I've had some business failures. I've had all kinds of stuff. But the fact that um, I can write books, and that's that's what I wanted to do. Like when I was when I was young, I was like one day I want to write a book, and now I that's what I do for a living. And I have you know people you know all over the world, and I was just in Australia with you, and like just have a great community there. I can go somewhere else, and there are people uh, who are not just interested in me. They're interested. They, like we share these values, yes. And uh, that I think is just is so powerful and so cool. I mean, that is the thing that I'm just like, wow, can't believe that. I never would have imagined. Like, I didn't. I, I knew I wanted to write a book, but I mm-hmm. never would imagine like there'd be this community of people. And that that to me has been the, the greatest thing by far. Yeah, and you have built such a wonderful community of people. Like everybody I've ever met at any of your events has always been awesome. So. That's, uh, it is a good feeling to know that you're bringing people together and making a difference in their lives. Absolutely. Well, it's a prerequisite. You know, if you're not yeah. awesome, you can't be part of the group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to know I'm awesome. Great. <laughs> um, just to wrap up as we finish, um, do you have a key piece or a few key pieces of advice mm-hmm. for people who are kind of just starting out on their business journey? 
Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just give you like my, here's my big picture message, you know, like I said, I'm not an evangelist, but this is, if I, there's one message that I would take like all over the world, <laughs> it's the, the philosophy of, of the art of nonconformity, which I started 10 years ago, and that philosophy is that you don't have to live your life the way others expect, Yes. and throughout your life, you're going to have all kinds of people who expect all kinds of things from you, and they assume all kinds of things for you. And they don't necessarily have your best interest at heart. doesn't mean they're terrible people. Like mm-hmm. some of these people are actually going to be your family and your friends. And, <laughs> you know, like I said, they could be very good people. But you have to think for yourself, like, what is it that I want to create for myself? Who do I want to become? What is the life I want to live? And I feel like if you start thinking like this, it filters down through so many different levels and layers. And it will, it will filter down into your business and, and help you, like, feel more empowered uh, feel more secure, both in terms of like the money you're making and, and that aspect of things, but also hopefully in terms of the impact it's having on other people. Uh, when you think about like your own goals, mm. like it will help you have, you know, bigger goals or deeper goals, you know, something that's more expansive. Um, but I think if you just always ask yourself, like, what is what is important to me? And of course, relationships are going to be on that list. Of course, I want to consider other people. But do I have a dream of my own? I think most people out there have a dream of their own and Mm -hmm. other people tend to stifle that dream or say it's unrealistic or encourage you to defer it. Like, oh, that sounds good. Maybe you can do that, you know, five years from now Mm -hmm. or when you're older or whatever the thing is. So I think you shouldn't give up on that dream because that dream may actually help you do all the other things. I love that. Thank you, Chris. Uh, So I think everybody listening should go check out your podcast and your website, Side Hustle School. And obviously they can find out more about you at chrisgillibo.com. Is that correct? That is correct. And nobody can ever spell that. But if you just type in something <laughs> kind of like that in Google, I mean, I'm the only one that's, you know, sort of like that, basically. So you should, whatever you think Gillibo should be spelled, you type it in, you'll find me. I will be putting a link in the show notes, never fear. There you go. <laughs> Thank awesome. you so much for taking the time to come and chat with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and uh, share your message with the world. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much, Jess. I hope you enjoyed that one, Thriver. Make sure to get yourself over and sign up for my free mini course. Head on over to createandthrive.com forward slash LBMF for Look Back Move Forward. And that kicks off January 1st, 2022.